Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Better Relationships, Better Life, a podcast where you'll gain insights from relationship experts and entrepreneurial couples who have moved through conflict and into a better life. Crack the clarity code and create deeper connections beyond the messiness of relationships. Here's your host, Judy K. Herman. As you listen to this next episode, it's important to know that a lot of what we share here applies not only to couples and families, but also to professional relationships. If you'd like to know more, just go to judyspeaker.com. For now, let's listen in about the seven rings of marital happiness with Jackie Bledsoe. Welcome to Better Relationships, Better Life. My name is Judy Herman, and I'm your host. And I have a guest for you that you will really benefit from his wisdom and knowledge. This is Jackie Bledsoe, who is an author, a podcast host, and speaker who has reached over 100,000 couples with his best-selling book, The Seven Rings of Marriage, which I've read right when it was hot off the press there, Jackie. <laughs> and, uh, and he helps couples build strong marriages and families so they can positively change their family tree. And you may have seen or heard Jackie on ABC News, The 700 Club, Moody Radio, or the Version Bible app, or through his work with Lifeway, Family Life, or the Wesleyan Church World Headquarters. He and his wife, Stefana, are founders of Happily Married Couples, a marriage training platform and community that helps couples connect and communicate while leading them through a powerful and proven marriage success path. Welcome so much to the show, Jackie. And I am so honored that you're here. Yeah, thank you, Judy. It's a pleasure to be here. And I'm just, I know that we're all really curious about the marriage success path. And I want to know more about that and share with our listeners. But first of all, share with us how you and Stefana met. Everybody has an origin story. And there has to been some kind of a journey that got you to where you are today. And I'm so curious about your passion and how that even began. Yeah. Share yeah, yeah. About that. Yeah, great question. I'm I'm a little nervous to share that story without her here because it's usually uh, her her version trumps my version. So I guess I shouldn't be nervous. I can say it how I want to say it this time, huh? <laughs> I yeah, and I do want to say that because I'll ask other couples this, and they'll turn to me. Well, do you want his version first, her yeah. version first? And uh, we know that there's always more than one version to a story, but we'll we'll take yours. You're here. She wasn't <laughs> able to be today, but we'll maybe host you another time together as a couple. But yeah, what's your version? in there, Jackie. Yeah. Yeah. We actually just shared this story last weekend at an event um, on stage. So it should be pretty fresh, but we are, uh, we met in high school, uh, which is a long, long time ago. We're from a town called Richmond, Indiana. And we just had a mutual friend uh, that introduced us. And if you know anything about Richmond, Indiana, it is about 40,000 population. Everybody knows everybody. 
But Stefana and myself did not meet until my senior year when we were introduced by the mutual friend in her sophomore year. But that's not really that atypical. But what's really odd is that our best, our our uh, maternal grandmothers were best friends, literally their entire lives. They were born 18 days apart, grew up as next door neighbors, sat next to each other in the church that we all attended. Uh, and we never met until that uh, my senior year and her sophomore year. Let me hold that for a moment, Jackie, because it almost sounds like an arranged marriage. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we asked we, we, if it was an arranged one. <laughs> it, it was not an arranged marriage. Um, it's it's so weird because I I knew all of her cousins that were around our same age, but I never met her until someone who and actually this person that introduced us was not even from our hometown. She had just moved in from Kansas City, I think it was, and we both knew her, and somehow we got connected through her. But none of our family we didn't meet through our family, which is odd. That is amazing. Well, I, this really goes along with what I am certified in. I'm um, I'm certified in Imago therapy. I'm a psychotherapist and I help couples, but uh, that you you are attracted to those that you have a subconscious familiarity with. And obviously you yeah. had that <laughs> built in. So I'm really curious too, Jackie, if Stefana was here, what is her version of the story. <laughs> now, now that I kept it pretty straightforward. So I think that would be, uh, I got all the main facts, mutual friend inter- introduced us. Our grandmothers were best friends. So that would all line up. Um, so as far as who was uh, attracted to who at the time, that's the thing that's up in the air. So I'll let her explain that on another interview. <laughs> there you go. But the facts are, we know the facts. The facts and uh, yes. then, yeah, that's, that's interesting. So yeah. Was it love at first sight? Was it, uh, was it a slow progression? Of course you're, you're a different person now, obviously, but here you are late adolescence, not really even a young adult yet at this point. Yeah. Correct. Uh, yeah. At that time I was 18, she was 16. Um, I don't know if it was love at first sight, uh, we did have a relationship at that time, but then I went away to school and uh, I went away to school 12 hours away and we kind of lost contact into as far as each other. But that mutual friend kind of stayed in the picture and kept us in contact with each other. So when I graduated, I moved back to Indiana and the city that I moved into, which is where we are now, Indianapolis, I only knew um, two people. Uh, one was her and one was a friend of mine that I played basketball with since like the sixth grade. So we reconnected, uh, happened to be, I happened to move like five minutes away from where she was living at the time. And then, then it was a slow build as far as the friendship and relationship. And eventually it became more than that. Well, that's, that's interesting. So where you're at right now, how many years have you been married and tell us about, you have, you've got three kids, right. And, and share with us where you are at this point. Yeah. Yeah. We, we've been married for 20 years. Uh, we have three kiddos. Um, our oldest is our daughter who is 21. So you do the math. She was actually born before we were married, uh, which is kind of this way our relationship was at that time, doing things differently than we teach couples today. Uh, then we have our uh, two boys, uh, ages 16 and 12. All right. Wow. So you, you got married, pregnant before marriage. And uh, what was that like for you as you look back? It was rough. Uh, we were young. Um, I say we were still kids ourselves. And uh, here we are coming, coming together as a couple and trying to learn each other, trying to learn marriage, which we knew nothing about and had no married peers. And then ha- we also have a 10 month old baby that we're trying to figure out how to be a parent. So it was all of those things coming together. You can imagine how challenging it was. So our, our early years, especially the first couple of years were really, really rough. 
and we were trying to figure it out. So we, we knew we needed help. Uh, and fortunately, we were able to find help that could to kind of get us back like a GPS, get us back on track and where we should be going. But uh, definitely, definitely was challenging when we started. Wow, I should say. And so you had a good support system and that brought you through to uh, to where you are. Or, yeah. or at least those rough parts. I mean, e- even if you get married and you're not pregnant before and you have babies maybe four or five years into the marriage, that's still a very challenging time yeah. of marriage. I mean, just overall, but being young and, yeah. and really your brains are not even totally online yet until you're yeah. like mid twenties <laughs> or so. Right. So golly, um, that, that shows a lot of where you've, you've been. So, right. so share more with, um, with, you know, your journey, because here you are now 20 years married and happily married because you've got a podcast by that name, (laughs) right? And you write books about that. So how in the world has that happened and how has that evolved for you? Yeah. One one of the best things that happened to us was when we were in that stage first year, I think it was of marriage and we just had no clue is uh, we actually we didn't get premarital counseling, which is what we suggest to couples now who are engaged, get premarital counseling, help someone to walk you through what to expect and give you the tools and skills uh, that you need to develop to have a successful marriage. But we didn't do that. So we um, we jokingly say we got our premarital counseling at about our first anniversary, which makes no sense because you don't do something pre after it already happens. But <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> we, we did that by going through a class. Uh, and this class was actually offered at our church for married couples. And we went through it. And in that class, we met a couple that eventually became kind of took us under their wing and became what we call our marriage, men- our first set of marriage mentors. Mm. And they really taught us, you know, what marriage was about, which is not us individually. And, the, and they taught us from a biblical worldview. So I don't know what everybody's uh, faith is, but they taught us from a biblical worldview and we embraced it and we followed them and, and learned from them. And then we signed up and went to marriage conferences and started really to study marriage and and try to develop the skills that are necessary to, to not just survive, but thrive in marriage. And so that mm. was the first step right there. And that changed our whole perspective. Um, we, you know, barely had conversations about marriage with our parents. Uh, mm. Again, we didn't have any peer. I, I think we both had maybe one set of peers, one set of friends that were married, um, but they were not, one of mine was not living where we were. So it wasn't like we could go hang out with them and share some of the same challenges and, and be encouraging for each other. You know, and there's no Facebook back then to, to kind of look and <laughs> stay connected with people. So um, yeah. that was that. And that kind of started us off there. And then we just were on this pursuit of how to um, learn and grow better marriages. Um, found us, we started connecting with other couples finally, a couple of years in, uh, that were around the same age and journey we were in marriage. And, um, we get together once a month, at least as, you know, officially and everything else, we kind of hang out and we just talk through marriage. We, we'd share what we're learning. They'd share what they were learning. And just over time, we continue to do that. And we had another season of marriage and we'd connect with another couple who was older and more experienced than us. And they'd become our marriage mentor. So over time, we just really were the beneficiaries of a lot of wisdom of other couples, which, you know, if you get mentoring and coaching in anything in life, business, Mm -hmm. whatever it is, you save time and you see some of the problems that you may not have been ready for had you not got that counsel. That is, that's amazing. So what an asset that both you and Stefana had a, a strength, so to speak, in your marriage for you to both be have an attitude of, of wanting to learn and grow and get, getting marriage mentors in your life. I think that is huge. And as I'm hearing you talk uh, um, about your story, 
makes me really appreciate you, Jackie, from where you've come from. I mean, your message, certainly like you have changed your branch of the family tree, haven't you? And, and I saw that that term changing your family tree. That is uh, that's huge. And, and that is so important. Whoever we hang out with really does matter, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. 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 Yeah, and you're in the nitty gritty. I mean, here, here you raised your, I mean, you're still raising kids, right? You're still yes. <laughs> you're in the <laughs> still in it. We are still in the fire. <laughs> yeah. And um, so, so tell me about the catalyst for you writing this, the seven rings of marriage, share us, share with us about really the essence of the, the book. And obviously you're a writer. You've done some what journaling over the years, um, yeah. pod or, um, blog posts yep. and all what, what motivates you? What inspires you? Number one to write, and then, then share with us also about the book. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, to, to, to get started writing was kind of a backdoor into it. People ask, okay, you're an author, you're a speaker. Did you dream about becoming, is that your goal? Is that your life plan? It's like, no, I, I would never thought in a million years that I'd write anything. I used to try. I didn't like language class. If I had to do something, a class where I had to give a speech, I was trying to and enroll from that class as quickly as possible once I found out. So uh, that was not something that I was interested in, but I kind of backdoored into it. And it really came out. Um, we, I had lost uh, a job. I was a sales rep um, for a commercial pest control company, uh, doing really well to start. And then my entrepreneur brain got to drifting and my uh, sales numbers started to drift down <laughs> in the process. Yeah. So if anybody's ever been in sales, you know, you can't not make sales and stay employed. So I lost that job. And I was just kind of like, man, I do not want to go back to corporate. This was actually the second time that I'd lost a job earlier in our marriage. I lost a job as well. And so I was like, I'm not going back there. Um, So I was like, all right, Um, you know, we were entrepreneurs. We had our own business several years uh, prior to that. And I was like, you know what? It's time to put that entrepreneur cap back on and and I'm ready to make something happen. So we started a business online um, and it, we spent more time. This is back when WordPress wasn't easy to work and all these different drag and drop tools we have. So it took more time to set up the uh, website and the business than we were actually in business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's been about <laughs> six months, almost it seemed like a year getting set up uh, only to have two customers and realize this is not going to work. And so, mm-hmm. uh, but my idea was like, okay, people were making money online and supporting their families. What, you know, that that's what I thought I could do easily. But I learned after that, I was like, I, kind of, I was like, why did we not succeed? And so I noticed that many people who had online influence or businesses and were generating some revenue and monetizing had what was called a blog, which at the time I did not know what a blog was. Hmm. And so I started to research and study. It's like, okay, if they have a blog and that is a key to their success online uh, in this business space, then maybe I should start a blog. And that's what I did. So I started a blog. Um, once again, mentorship came in the picture as a, as a writing mentor, uh, kind of took me under his wing. He hired me for my first freelance gig. He mm-hmm. started to teach me through what I was writing for that through him. And he challenged me. He said, when I started, um, I, I had my mentor challenged me to write 365 days straight. He said, publish something new for 365 days straight. He said, I now pass wow. that challenge on to you. So I started wow. it and I was about 60 days in before I missed a day. Um, but no big, I just got right back on the horse and started going again. Well, over the time started to develop skill in writing, started to really love writing and my Mm -hmm. writing started to get noticed. And so that's Mm -hmm. how I got into the marriage space because probably 80, 90% of what I wrote was about, it's really like a personal development blog. And I was Mm. struggling myself trying Mm -hmm. to find other men who were struggling. Maybe we could help each other. I could learn from them and vice versa. And so I had a lot of posts about lessons I learned from interaction with my wife and or with my kids. 
And then other sites noticed that, hey, we're looking for male writers who write about marriage. And boom, mm. I had no job, no income, and they were paying us freelance writers. So started doing that. And then that kind of took off from there. One site after the next would reach out and I'm writing for all these large major sites that have marriage audiences. And I became the marriage guy. Um, wow, Jackie, that is really profound. There is so much value. I mean, mental health wise in writing. Yes. And I, I do encourage my clients and couples when they come in, you know, either for their sessions or coaching is to develop this uh, attitude of, uh, of journaling and then yeah. give them, you know, prompts with which to do that, but it is so good for your mental health. And yes. it's amazing that you took on these challenges and, and being open and writing about your own struggles. How have you, Jackie, through all this process of, of even writing and, um, and doing that, doing the blogs for a whole year, um, how did that change you? Yeah, that's a great question. Well, first, it developed a skill in me that I didn't know I had. Um, you know, it came so like I could just be whatever my regular day was at that time could turn into a lesson that I could blog about. And, and mm. it, got, it got to the point where I think it's our 16 year old now. Um, I mean, however long ago that was 10, 12 years ago. So he's five, six or something like that. And he would, something would happen. And he'd look at me and say, Hey, daddy, are you going to blog about that? <laughs> he knew everything became fodder for the blog. Anything that happened, it was going to end up writing, whether it be a him about him and something I interacted with or whatever it was. So that skill developed in that. Um, and then I realized that I, I, I loved it. Uh, and then eventually I was like, okay, you know, everybody goes to this. If you're a writer, you doubt that you're a good writer. And so eventually I was like, okay, I, I must be okay as a writer because it is helping people and people are responding to my writing. And so, you know, that was a, a, a big deal for me. And that's kind of what it did in confidence, um, skill development, and just, a. Well, uh, I was writing a lot. Let me, I'll share this. Uh, I was writing for seven different sites, getting paid uh, freelance writing. And of those sites, I was writing 50 new pieces of content per month and not duplicating wow. anything. So that's fresh content. So wow. I was really grinding. And if you write 50 new pieces of content per month, you have to write when you don't want to write. You have to write when you're in the doctor's office with your kids for a doctor appointment. You have to write when your wife is driving and you need to get a, uh, you need to submit this mm. post so to get published in time. And so you can get paid in time. So there was a lot of grind to it. So it gave me a, you know, show me Michael Hyatt said this, actually, our, our mutual friend, Michael Hyatt uh, yeah. said that Jackie is one of the most prolific people I know. And wow. I didn't realize it. I was just writing. And yeah. I needed to write to eat uh, yeah. and then to meet deadlines. And then I read that comment. I was like, wow, this is pretty hard work that I'm putting in and, and I'm cranking it out. That is amazing. And, and you're helping not just yourself through all of this, but you're, you are writing about the things you're passionate about. And, yep. you know, I, that is, that's beautiful. So wait, how many books do you have out at this point? <laughs> Just one, and I have a Severings of Marriage book and then um, a Bible study uh, camp companion to that. So that, that's right. it. I'm working on new books right now, though. Oh, that's perfect. So, so share with us about the seven rings of marriage. What are the seven rings? And, you know, yeah, share, share more about the book. Yeah, yeah. And speaking of going back to the blogging, the seven rings of marriage concept came from a blog post. Uh, that I was writing for one of the freelance sites. And I was just brainstorming uh, one night because I had a deadline to meet. And um, I had heard this illustration about rings of marriage. Uh, mm. I've listened to a sermon, a pastor said, hey, you've heard about the three rings of marriage. And he kind of rattled off some ring kind of in jest and went back to talking what he's talking about. And so that night it was up like after midnight, it's like, I got to submit this in the morning. So I asked Stefana to sit down with me. And it's like, let's let me 
take this idea of rings in marriage and let's map out what our marriage, like seasons, what have we gone mm. through? And let's use the, the rings as a play on words to kind of map it out. And so we sat down and we did that and we came up with seven rings that really kind of s- summarize our story and our journey in marriage. And so I shared that in a blog post for that other site and it resonated with so many people um, within literally less than 24 hours that the person that runs that blog called me and said, hey, we just published this at 10 a.m. this morning. And this is probably three o'clock in the afternoon. And he said, this is how much traffic you've got. And that number of traffic was twice as much traffic that I would get on that in, t- in an entire month of writing weekly on that site. So one post wow. less than 12 hours doubled my monthly traffic. And so that became it. And so I re- realized people resonated with the seven rings of marriage. Uh, because they could find where they were. So just mm. a, a quick rundown of the seven rings of marriages. You have mm-hmm. the engagement ring, uh, which is really like the foundation. That's when you're setting the foundation for the rest of your marriage. Um, mm-hmm. Then you've got the wedding ring, which is obvious. Now you're married. Now you're one. You become, you know, you're, you're living together. You moved in, your lives are shared. Uh, then after that, when you come, the discovering, when it's obvious that you are finding out stuff about your spouse that you really didn't know. Uh, <laughs> I always say that we, we marry Surprise. each other's rep- right, right. <laughs> I say we marry each other's representatives. And then after we oh. get married, the representative has no job. So now it's the real person that, the, that you get to see. So, yeah. <laughs> so wow. that's, that's the discovering. And then after that, you start to, you know, those surprise, like you said, you go through the persevering. Um, and but hey, let me hold this because yeah. I, I'm getting this and I want people who are listening to get this. It's the ing, ring at the yes. end, right? It's the rings. Yes. Uh, I that is so brilliant play on words, first, first of all, but also it is it, it rings true, doesn't it? It yes. rings true for like your, your journey you and Stefana and where you've been just that's, that's what made it evidently have so many views and, and readership is because yeah. it's your story that represents a bigger truth that, yeah. uh, but anyway, I, I didn't want to interrupt, but go ahead. Yeah. So that, so it was the engagement ring, the wedding ring, the discover ring. Yeah. And what was the fourth, the fourth one is the, the persevering persevering. Okay. Yeah. Keep going. This is yeah. great. Yeah. And then yeah. First, time, first time we did a conference on the seven rings of marriage, I shared them all. And a guy came up to me afterwards and said, Hey, you forgot a ring. And so this is the first time we've talked on this. So I'm in my mind playing through real quick, like, man, I, did I really leave one of my seven rings of marriage out? He said, you forgot the suffering. And so he busted oh. out laughing. I was like, no, I was like, okay, I got it. Uh, but the suffering is not one of the seven rings of marriage, but if it were, it would be in the persevering but we, we chose to look at the positive. So suffering just seems negative and suffering for no reason, but persevering, you're getting something out of it. You're going through hard times, but there is something on the, at the other end that is going to help you and benefit you and your marriage. So that's kind of the person, uh, perspective on that. Mm. Um, and then after you go through persevering, you go through restoring and that's where whatever happened in the persevering, whether it was external or internal, um, now you've got some broken pieces in your marriage, broken hearts, uh, mm. and, and you got to restore and put that back together. And then once you learn how to do that, now you're on to prospering, which is mm. what we all would say is the happily ever after that we're all dreaming of, but it's not just everything is perfect. It's now you have a different perspective because you've been through so much and the things that used to trip you up early in marriage don't trip you up like that now, because you have a different maturity and perspective. And then And once you get to prospering, now it's really about giving back. And that's the mentoring where now you are doing what the mentoring couples did for us, sharing your Mm. knowledge, your experience, your wisdom to help other couples along because you know exactly how challenging that journey is. 
Wow, that is brilliant. It, that is brilliant. Thank you so, so much for sharing that. Let me just ask you, and maybe you can speak to this, when you're in the prospering or even the mentoring stage of your marriage, what about those other rings? Do those other rings show up? The Yeah, and, and share, yeah. And, 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 yeah, so share more about that. Yeah, so two things to note is that you can be in more than one ring at a time, Mm-hmm. Um, you can be in discovering and also persevering because of circumstances, or you can be uh, mentoring and persevering, or still uh, the w- the wedding ring where you're working on that kind of coming together and that oneness and that commitment. But it's mm-hmm. also that you don't just go through the rings and once you go through seven, oh, I'm done, I'll never go through them again. You can come back to them. And so at each ring, what we teach is that I mentioned earlier, skill development, like marriage, you know, all these things are about helping to develop your skills of mm-hmm. communication, of uh, managing money of parenting, all these different areas. So each ring, there are certain things that you want to focus on and develop when it comes to your marriage. And so when you're in a certain ring, that's where your focus should be at that time. You're not going to be able to focus on all seven rings and trying to develop the skills that are required for all of them. But if you're in the middle of the restoring, okay, this is where we're working on how to learn to forgive and be forgiven and how to have grace uh, with our spouses and within our marriage or whatever the situation may be. So as we teach them, um, especially now we do it from stage in the conferences that we do, where are you? We help couples to assess their marriage. And then Mm. this is where you are. These are the things you need to kind of focus on at this particular season in your marriage. Mm. Oh, wow. That is brilliant because we can get so confused and focus on the thing that we're really not ready to focus on or, or so that really does give couples some, um, I guess, um, what do you call it? Plumb line, so to speak, I guess, like, let them know where they are and then it doesn't come as such a surprise, right? I mean, the yeah. things that we go through, because life does, it, it, it happens, doesn't it? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, yeah, for yeah. us, it's like we'd be in a ring. This is before the seven rings of marriage. We'd be in a season of our marriage. Mm. Because if it's a bad season, then we think, okay, well, this is all our marriage is going to be forever. And mm. so you're thinking that this is everything. And so you're not looking ahead, but the seven rings let you know, okay, here's where we are, but there's something coming that, you know, if I'm in a tough season, something else is coming that is better. Or if I'm in a great season, don't think it's always going to be that you will face some challenges, but that's okay. Cause you're prepared and equipped to handle or encounter those. Oh, wow. That is so valuable. And I know that folks that are listening here, uh, can that, that are, wow, this can give such hope for people because yes, when you're in the midst of the, of whatever crisis you're going through, um, it can seem like you can get so narrow focused and, and you think it is going to be like this forever and ever. Amen. Yep. Uh, but those are the, it, it, there's this ebb and flow and what a beautiful illustration you're doing such a remarkable work. Mm, so, so what is, what is, um, what has this been like for your marriage? Because you're out there, you and Stefana, and then you're raising kids, right? Mm. You're kind of like in this fishbowl and people are watching. Uh, what's been some of the challenges that you've had personally Jackie? Yeah, yeah, that, that's, it doesn't make it easier. Uh, te- <laughs> speaking about it, uh, writing books about it doesn't make it easier. Yes, we know the information. And yes, we work on the skills. Uh, but sometimes we're not. And, you know, Stefana is will be quick, uh, quick to say, hey, babe, are we actually doing that? You know, after we after we share that information, and sometimes you have to check yourself. I'm like, okay, are we? So it helps. Mm. Um, you know, we, we did a couple events over the last three weeks, um, uh, three day marriage events. And every time we have an event, we know that there's going to be some challenge come up, whether it be something mm. 
old that resurrects or just something, something I was like, man, I can't believe that we're having this conversation and we're about to go speak with all these couples yeah, about having them yeah. have a better marriage. So it kind of helps you, you learn through teaching and you do continue to develop your uh, skills through teaching, but it's accountability. Uh, mm. cause we don't want to be on stage. Uh, one, we don't want to be on stage and act like we're perfect, which we're not. So we don't, we never portray that or shared in any of the materials that we create writing, whatever courses or whatever it may be. And two, if we are up there and we are weak in an area or struggling in an area at the time, it is a good reminder of that for us, for us mm. to go back to our drawing board or our lab and say, okay, we have to really hone in on this area. Here's where we are right now. Mm. Um, and sometimes those circumstances are external coming in on your marriage. Sometimes they're internal. Uh, but wherever it is, we are committed to continuing to grow in our marriage. And that that's what it is at the end of the day. And that's why we help other couples do the same because we know where they've been. Wow. Uh, what do you say to the couple that perhaps, perhaps one of them is so really ready to make what the changes that they need to make and, and, and go to the class, but the other is not motivated? How, how do you handle that? Um, I mean, how do you encourage couples in which there's this huge gap with, um, you know, one being motivated and the other just not? Yeah, th- those are tough and they can be discouraging, uh, but we, we never suggest to not do it. You know, go for it. If you're, mm-hmm. if you're wanting to take a course, if you wanted to, we've had couples show up at a conf- conference by themselves and it's mm-hmm. not always because the other couple does or the other spouse doesn't want to come, maybe circumstances, but they were committed to doing it. And I think that commitment is one show something there is they are willing to do anything and everything to pour into and have a better marriage and be consistent in that. Uh, and then we have what we call Stephanie and myself between ourselves, truth and love conversations, where mm. if something is bothering us at spouses that either one of us has done, or just going through a hard time, we want to have that conversation truthfully, but in mm. love, because sometimes you can come to your spouse and you're, you're trying to tell them something and you're beating them over the head with it, that they can't receive it. So mm. when we have a truth and love conversation, that's where we're being completely honest and, I know, and that kind of prefaces it for us. I know this may be tough for us or for you, whoever it may be to listen or receive, but I do it in love because I love you and I love our marriage. We want to be better. Um, now, truth and marriage, uh, tr- uh, truth and love conversations don't just happen like that. Uh, you have to grow and develop in your communication over time, which is what we do. And we teach different levels of communication. But if you are with the goal of getting to that full transparency in your conversations where you can have those truth and love conversations, that's one thing I suggest to do. But the biggest thing, the thing that you can control, because we cannot control another person, even our spouse and even our kids, as we should all know, is that just uh, focus on your behavior, your actions, be consistent with it um, and be patient because uh, you're not always going to be at the same level of growth. Uh, but as long as you can have get to the point where you can share it honestly and not bury it, have it blow up later, mm-hmm. uh, then I think that you have an opportunity to do that. But if they see you give up, then they're going to say, oh, see, that wasn't anything anyway. That's why mm. I didn't do it in the first place. But press on, persevere, uh, and keep working t- to be in a better uh, spouse, husband, wife, whoever you are. Wow, that is profound. So this truth and love conversation is actually a communication technique that you teach couples? Yeah, we, that's the goal. That's where you want to get to where you can have more of those. And there's different levels that we teach, five, five levels that we teach. Uh, with each one kind of growing in depth as far as how deep you're getting in your conversation. And ultimately, you want to be able to reveal who you truly are once you get to that truth and love level uh, with your spouse and vice versa. Uh, but it, again, this is this is a skill. This is over time. You keep working on it. Um, and 
once you get there, it's kind of like the, the holy grail of, yeah. of your conversation. It's like, okay, this is true. I know you and you know me. And that's wow. our goal. We want to be known and loved by each other. Wow. That is, that is remarkable because you give, you give couples hope. You give couples a structure to know where they are, what they need to be working on. You normalize this human struggle, yeah. uh, Jackie, and, and demonstrating that with you and Stefana. But this is beautiful because- Having having a roadmap, so to speak, um, is so, so valuable. I teach a skill called dialogue. It's a speaker listener, but how to make that space between two emotionally safe mm. and uh, and and to get and, and to have an attitude of curiosity versus judgment, because yeah, when you have an it. attitude of judgment, you're not going to be able in your brain to, right. to handle being curious. But um, this is this is really neat. It's not just. Um, band-aids for a, right. a troubled marriage, but you, you provide, um, you provide a roadmap for, for folks and you give them hope. What, yeah. what a beautiful thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. The, the hope is the biggest thing that we see is like, if we can give, cause once you lose hope, things are dead, you know? Mm. And so we, mm-hmm. we, we've been there in our marriage and we know what it was like to have that sense of hope and just enough to force to wake up the next day and try it again. Um, wow. you know, have the next conversation, whatever it may be, if we can give couples hope, we know we've got a big victory there. Then it's just a matter of giving them the right skills, steps, whatever it needs to take next. And there su- is such a thing as a happily married couple. Like you can be happily married, like <laughs> just yeah. describe that. Like sometimes I challenge that because we're not all the time happy. Right. Yeah. And, uh, but I, I like to think of it as growing and resilient marriages, but yeah. So describe what is happy marriage. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, yes, if people have said that before, there are no happy marriages. Uh, <laughs> and man, I wish I had this quote. Um, while we're talking, I may look it up and read it, uh, while we're on here, but it was quotes that I see on Instagram and that described it really well, but it, you know, again, faith-based, a lot of my teaching is, uh, all of it is really at the, at the root of it. Uh, but in the Bible, uh, there's some verses that say blessed is the man who does this blessed is the man. Mm. And that is translated happy. And okay. so the happily married couple is the blessed couple, um, not because ah. we're perfect uh, and anything like that, but we are going through hard times. We're growing, we're developing, but we have this blessing on us because of our commitment to each other and to continue going forward in our marriage. Uh, wow. And so that, that's a, a quick summary of it. I'll find this quote and read it because it's so profound. It's so simple, but you, uh, you can be happily married and that doesn't mean you are perfect. So if you're not a perfect marriage because there aren't any perfect marriages that does not mean you cannot say hey we are happily married because i think couples mm-hmm. think that's like we just had an argument we're not happily married no that's mm-hmm. one part one piece of the totality of your marriage but mm-hmm. you are blessed to have a person to love to hold and vice versa to trust with your life and to raise a family for the rest of your life while you're on, on this earth so that to me is a blessed couple is a happy couple Oh, that I'm so glad that you explained that because so many people will, will, they'll go to their spouse and they'll say, I'm not happy. And then that I'm not happy means, okay, you're out of this marriage. You're not happy. How can I be happy? But there's, there's a step of understanding when you, you relate it to blessed, blessed. I mean, that's, that's a different perspective altogether, I think, than what most people have. Um, I think I'm hearing too, just having this bigger story, this bigger story, this purpose and, and valuing, valuing your spouse and, and, you know, this journey, it's, it is really a truly blessed thing to, 
to live with another human being, to grow and develop your character. Um, And and that's what I'm hearing is, is this, this happy marriage stuff. It's, there's a depth to it, isn't there? Yeah. Yes. And it's not the feel good thing that we see on the, on, which is really big. Now the Christmas holiday movies that love happens (laughs) in a matter of 90 minutes or whatever it is. And it's this great love story and they feel great and they feel good at the end and all that type of stuff. You're not always going to feel good, uh, but that's that that is not the definition. Your your feelings are not indicative of your marriage um, and what it is and what it can be. So mm, we are yeah. all going to have those type of feelings. I found that quote. Let me let me read oh, this do, quote. do read it. Yes. It says happy couples aren't just the ones posting kissy selfies. Uh, they're the ones having uncomfortable conversations, helping each mm. other overcome trauma and ugly crying to save their relationship. Happy mm. couples prioritize growth and are a source of inspiration for each other. Oh my goodness. That's going to be the show notes. And I really want to make reference to that too. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah. makes a lot of sense. There's vulnerability here in yeah. <laughs> yes. this definition, isn't there? Yes. Uh, that That is awesome. Let me ask you this, since you're a writer, <laughs> and maybe you've already done this exercise, I don't know. If you could write a letter to your younger married self, what would you say? What would be the message? That is a great question. If I could write a letter to my younger married self, um, I would say get help sooner. Mm. Um, Cause that's, that's been the biggest thing is the, 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 the mentorship, the peers, the village, the small groups that we've been a part of marriage is not a solo sport. And mm. I think that we grow, we, we come into marriage and think when we have problems, we can't let everybody know or whatever it is that what's inside our house is inside mm. our house. Yes. Mm. There are some things that are private. You can't, you know, without, you can't reveal every single thing or just be open to sharing with everybody, but having some people close to you to do that, to share with is so helpful. Um, it saved our marriage many times and it took, you know, a couple of years in before we really, really embraced it and we're open to it. And then after that, I say, we were just, you know, naive enough to, to keep doing it because there's a, there's a sense of trust and transparency that is hard. Um, and Stefan has had the same heart and mind frame for it as, as mindset as well. So we've both been willing to share and, now even share some of the challenges, like you said, in the book form mm. on, you know, conferences and things like that. We, one of the feedback that we continually get is your, just your transparency is encouraging uh, mm. because it lets us know that we joke and say, you're not the only crazy couple. We're all crazy couples right now, so <laughs> <laughs> but we're supporting each other. <laughs> yeah, that, that is, you know, when you step back and think about it, that is so remarkable even to do life and to be married <laughs> to, yes. and, and to have, you know, and here you are in your 20 and, uh, but it, and it seems like the older you get, it's, it's harder to find couples that are like happy, (laughs) you know, and, um, but, or blessed, I should say, uh, that you're still doing life together. You don't have bitterness built up and, um, you've, but you've got this, you've got this formula for couples to learn how to, how to guard against that. And as far as emotions come and go, yeah. Like your, your marriage is not defined by emotions and neither are you as a human being, but at the same time you do have emotions, but I, I consider emotions um, emotions as messengers, temporary messengers to our souls. We don't need to ignore them, stuff them down. There's a message we need to listen to, right? Kind of indicators (laughs) like, okay, something's going on. You know, what is that? Let's dig deeper. Let's find out what that is. Yeah. And and it's so worth it. Your marriage is so worth it. You are so worth it as a human being to, to do this growth. 
So, um, yes. So let me ask you, where can our listeners learn more about you and, and um, you and Stefana and your speaking and, and uh, podcast and all of that? Yeah, um, everything you can find, uh, especially everything marriage related, you can go to happilymarriedcouples.com. From there, you will find the podcast. You'll find some of our blog posts. You can get access to some of our premium resources and courses. Uh, everything is centered there. And then if you're looking on social, if you want to go straight to social, uh, we are at four happy couples on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, wherever you want to find us, whatever your preferred destination is. But you can get it from there. You can also get our conferences when we when we have conferences. We'll share the dates and things like that that are coming up. What a beautiful thing you're doing. You are making such a remarkable difference, positive difference on this planet and, you know, inviting us into this divine invitation to our authentic selves. Uh, I think this is beautiful. Thank you so much, Jackie, for joining me today. It was my pleasure. Thank you for having me. All right. Thank you. Wasn't this insightful? Just hearing Jackie's story brings us a faith-based focus to our marital partnerships. Here's my takeaways. Number one, the seven rings give us clarity on where we need to focus when we're in certain stages of marriage. Number two, there's a progression of communication skills that build transparency in order to have authentic truth and love conversations. And number three, happy marriage is not a static condition or a perfect marriage. Rather, it means that you're blessed, partnered in life, growing through various seasons and stages. You're on a beautiful journey. Always remember, there's hope and you're worth it. What stood out to you? Share your takeaways by going to betterrelationshipsbetterlife.com. Next week, we'll address navigating cross-cultural marriage, faith, partnership, and transition with Bob and Doris Horenstein. Until then, feel free to share, subscribe, rate, and comment. See you next time for Better Relationships, Better Life.